Hello everyone, my name is Matt Phelan and welcome to the latest episode of Happiness and Humans. I am here today with my superstar colleague Gemma Shambler. How are you doing Gemma? Good, thank you. Very good. Nice How to many... be here. Thanks for coming Gemma. How many years have we worked together now for your sins? It's got to be, it's got to be 10 years I think. Need do to reckon? do the on that. Wow, we need to have a little yeah, celebration. We need to have a little celebration don't we? Yeah. <laughs> we do. So, Jem, um, today this is a research interview. We've we've had you on before, so scroll back if you want to know what makes Gemma happy uh, to the episode with Gemma in. Um, today, um, we this is a research interview where we're going through all the eight neuroscience. I can't even speak today. The eight neuroscience themes of happiness and engagement. The one we're talking today is one that people don't often gravitate as like the number one oh that's the one i want to look at the research and get involved in but is equally important it's what we call enablement to succeed and in that area we'll drill down into resources aka have you given the team the resources to succeed the the example i use in, in the book Gemma, to, to sort of bring this one out is are you asking your team to walk to the north pole wearing flip-flops um would be my would, would be my example have you got a better analogy than that Gemma? um um no i don't think i do for the listeners can't see me but i am actually freezing as we do this so i've not given myself the own the own enablement to succeed today but um Gemma, in your terms when you're working on our people oh Gemma, let's introduce ourselves i know we're not doing the what makes you happy but it let's um i assumed everyone knows who Gemma shambler is but they well you know what they say about the uh, assumptions so please introduce yourself, Gemma. Um, so I'm Gemma. I work at the Happiness Index alongside Matt and the rest of our wonderful team. Um, my role is head of people. And um, so I get to look after all of our wonderful quokkas um, and make sure that they are happy and engaged and help the rest of the leadership team create the thriving culture that Matt talks about all the time on his podcasts and in his books and on all over LinkedIn cool um Gemma I always have to explain when we get um a quokker on that quokkers always say oh I look after our quokkers but then I always realize the rest of the world don't call call their team quokkers so for those that are listening if you work at Google you're called a Googler we realized if you work at the happiness index that we didn't want to be called the indexes did we so what no. what what is a quokker a quokker is an animal that lives um off of the coast of um Australia on Rottnest Island um, and if you google the happiest animal you will likely to find a picture of a quokka appear on your search page um, and it was as simple as that that is how it has stuck since then. Awesome so if you ever listen to this podcast and you think you know what I'd love to go and work at the happiness index that, that's what you become you become a quokka if you work with me and Gemma which I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. So Gemma um Let's let's kick off with enablement to succeed. I'll just read out the description we've got. Um, let me scroll down. Description, what is it? Enablement here means having the necessary resources to get the job done. Um, we, when we talk about resources, Gemma, it can be everything from training through to tools, technology. I think people worry, especially people in your role, they worry about this point because there's we don't have endless budgets to do everything do we so 
where do you start with something like that? Where do you start with making sure the team have got the right resources? For me, I'm a big believer on the starting point is, um, so I'm, I might be sort of veering into some of your other uh, themes no. here. If Clive, was, if Clive would say it was here, he would say, just like what synapses in the brain, they're supposed to they're supposed to cross over. So I think then that the, your starting point is giving people clarity on exactly what the role is and what their responsibilities are. So for yeah. me, the primary resource that you can arm your people with is a job description or a role, pro role profile that clearly articulates the expectations of them and from them um, and the measures of success what good looks like um, and 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 that will just help them really know what to sort where to start and what to focus on and and what's important what are the fundamental focus areas for that role yeah absolutely and i think we in in the research for the book gem we found incredible bit of research it was actually from 1975 that talked about the impact of role clarity on success of salespeople because salespeople are often there's basically anyone who's listening or anyone in any company our roles are dependent on salespeople selling at some point otherwise we wouldn't have the salaries to, to pay each other and all that kind of stuff but sales roles are often the least thought about when it comes to job description because people think oh they just sell but yeah. the test i was used well if that okay if that's as simple as that a nurse then nurses but what does that actually mean yeah and if an engineer engineers well there's lots of different types of engineers so exactly. that's and, and the way that someone sells in one company is different to a way that somebody sells in a different company and selling different products different services that requires different approaches different skill sets yeah Absolutely. What what when you're putting those role profiles together, Gemma? What are the the usual pitfalls that you can fall into? I know I've I've fallen into all of them, so it'd be good to to, to bring that out. Um, I think not being specific enough. Um, I th yeah, being vague. I think is a is a big pitfall. Um, f a good for me, a good role profile is one that um sort of has a bit of a bit of a summary brought to life a bit of a general description as to what the day-to-day -day life is like in that role and then there's quite detailed um bullet points or list of what your actual responsibilities are um so really you know the fundamental things in that role that you as an individual are responsible for delivering on and the expectations on you yeah and that's for that's for everyone isn't it that is for yeah. the company it's for the person so again one of the other neuroscience themes it's clarity um so it's not just for what that is for everyone involved in the process isn't it to make it clear exactly what that person does yeah exactly it's clear for the individual themselves um the person who is managing them or mentoring them they have then set out those clear parameters so that they're able to then see where that person needs help where they are doing well um where they might be able to do more in certain areas um and then yeah like you said for the business overall as well then no thanks Gemma. um within the happiness index specifically we started with tightening up job descriptions giving everyone a bit more clarity um we then moved on to something Chris Highland introduced to us called momentum maps. 
because we wanted to sort of like give everyone that like another level of i suppose direction towards where their energy energy should be focused on top of 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 that could you tell us one what momentum maps are and two how they're how they're different to a job description so momentum maps are a tool that we at THI have been using recently to just like what you've just said to direct people's focus direct people's energy and we're using them to really highlight the important projects the important tasks that people have got coming up in the short term and because we're in a very busy scale up business as many other people are and we can all be guilty of just being busy for the sake of being busy and there's always stuff to do but are we actually doing the stuff that's going to make the biggest impact are we following up on the right tasks are we putting our effort into the projects that are actually going to help move the dial and get us to where we want to be as a business and achieve our business goals so we've implemented the momentum maps we've got one for the company overall um, and that sets out our strategic projects for the business that we think are fundamental to achieving our business targets um, and that actually that is a bit more longer term um, yep. and we've broken it down into our different communities and then down onto an individual level um, so that everything that we're doing as individuals can be rolled up into how we're helping to achieve our community missions and our community goals and then how that feeds into the overall strategic p- picture of THI overall. Great. And and Gem, just and also to share as someone who has been momentum mapped, um, myself and obviously the global team, the growth team, um two teams I work very closely with. Um I think one of the things we we sort of use this definition from a, a lot of different sources, but sometimes strategy is working out what not to do. I yeah. think for me, the reason we started using that in the global team came from momentum maps because it kind of forces you to work out there's only so much time resources yeah. you've got what are the key things you want to work on and it it led us to doing less not less work but less projects which i think made us more focused as a global team you think wow global uh, how global could be anything couldn't it any countries or that kind of stuff so just to share with our listeners momentum maps helped us agree what to do but also it helped us agree what we didn't do yeah, and what to maybe park for later in the year um, and really help you be really specific about what to spend your time on. So everyone's got, it's still very much part of the day job. We've all got stuff that comes in that's unexpected. But then when you do have that little chunk of time in the week or an afternoon here or there, then you know you can dedicate that towards your overall um, momentum map projects that you've got going on. Absolutely. I just want to share momentum maps were introduced to the happiness index via Andrew Tilling. Um, you spell Tilling T-I-L-L-I-N-G. Andrew is a founder and CEO of the Hive. And I just so I just wanted to share that. There's that that's not something the happiness index um invented. It's something that we found really useful. So I just wanted to point people to that resource to connect with Andrew if you're interested in that. Um so let's drill down into resources now, Gem. Um, resources, people need the right resources to be available to fulfill their responsibilities. 
This includes having access to the appropriate tools, systems and support services, as well as enablement through education and training. Um, we talked a bit about resources, but you're right. The first thing, you get your job description sorted. Secondly, it, the Happiness Index, we use Momentum Maps, but I'm sure other companies use different approaches and techniques. So say we've got those two in place. How do we work out, again, every company has limited budgets, what tools someone needs to get to get their job done? Um, well, I think, again, I like to keep things simple. And I think that just by, you know, if you've got those two things in place quite early on, then, and you're having regular discussions with your people and regular catch-ups with them, you can have open conversations about, Okay, so this is this is what's expected of you. These are the projects we're working on at the moment. Um, what do you is what else do you need now that we can help you with to set you up for success? Or you know, flipping it on its head, asking people in the moment as they're actually going through their work and as they're you know navigating their way through the month, through the weeks, what are the blockers that they're facing, and how can we help remove those? Um, so that could be, you know, it might not be things like, a, you know, like a technique like momentum maps or it might not be a snazzy, uh, you know, CSM system that you've got in place to help them. It might literally be various different blockers. I don't know, maybe they're not able to collaborate well with a, another team that they are quite reliant on in order to get their job done. Yeah. Um, or maybe there's a customer that's you know, really holding them up and being quite difficult to manage or to deal with, um, and that's stopping them from being able to progress with certain projects as well. Um, yeah. So I think that that having those regular conversations consistently throughout the working, you know, month, bi-weekly or whatever the, the, whatever the um, frequency is that suits you and your team in particular that yep. helps tease out what it is and what it is that's stopping people from moving on and getting further on in their in their path in their success yeah. really no that's great Gemma. and that, that brings us nicely on to your, your phrase there of, of getting on and moving on and there's that horrible old saying isn't there like what if we train people and they leave but what if we don't train them and they stay yeah um, so obviously training is an important resource to help people do their job. Um, yeah, where do you start that? Like for me, even for me personally, when I started the podcast, I just felt like it was a good way of getting out some interesting conversations that I was already having with people. But the, the more I've done the podcast, the more I've realized I've, I've basically got access to one of the most amazing learning development tools because I get to interview experts and just listen to them. Um, so I now see it as a self, completely selfishly, as one of my own areas of learning development. Where, how, where, where does the sort of formal line of learning development and informal, like where you might be meeting peers and and and, and being being mentored, like how do you start to put that together for an employee? Because I, I'm a believer in both. There's 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 certain things like our people who work in our engineering team, they're going to need certain training on different types of code which is very specific through to an engineer might want to meet a CTO that has been on their career path and, and get mentorship from them. How do you start to put together informal and formal areas of learning and development? 
Well, I mean, that's a massive topic and could be a whole series of podcasts on its own. Yeah. But I suppose to try and summarise that in a nutshell, um, I think it's got to be highly specific and highly bespoke. In my opinion, one size yeah. doesn't fit all when it comes to learning and development. It's a very personal journey for that individual. Um, it's it's very individual to them the sorts of strengths and that they want to you know work more on or areas where they may feel they're not as strong and so they want to develop further um, as well as you know their particular role that they're performing and what's going to help best help them best progress within that career path as well um, so again I think that keeping things simple using your um, time with your people to have these discussions using um, like a performance review or an appraisal kind of framework to review pe how people are feeling, what's gone well, what hasn't gone so well, um, and using those conversations to tease out the areas that, um, yeah, like I said, that people might want to do more of um, yep. if they're doing really well at something and also the areas where they want to develop further it's it's got to be a mixture I think as well of formal and informal type learning in order to yep. get the best out of things and um, some people again are gonna um are going to sort of be more inclined to some people learn better in a more informal setting some people prefer to have a you know an e-learning module that or um a training program that they work through at their own pace or they need to be in a room in front of a lecturer type style with other people with other peers and um, to bounce ideas off so yeah really does yeah. depend on the individual style how they learn best um, and what it is that they want to get from their journey and their in their development path yeah, that's funny. Even for, for our listeners to give you the view, Gemma is, I think, at home, sitting at a desk with a blanket. Um, <laughs> that's her environment. I'm sitting outside in the cold in a garden um, with absolutely freezing my butt off. But what's quite, I don't know if you can hear on the on the audio, but behind me is the Tottenham Hotspur training ground, and you can hear um, football has been absolutely shouted at from a, in their training, which is a yeah. we don't we don't think shouting is needed, but. Um, it no, is. It, it it does bring up the diversity of different backgrounds, different types of working, and and, and the different environments that that different people need. Um, yeah, but this is a, this is a question that all people leaders and HR leaders struggle with, which is when I go and see our customers or I go and see any company, every employee is busy, um, yeah. and most companies we speak to, they they have. A problem where there's there's more work than everyone can do and they still people still want to do personal development so every company seems to have this challenge how do you how do companies make time and the happiness index is is not any different like i always say the happiness index has happy and unhappy employees just like every company in the world we do try our best but sometimes it's um it's hard to do but how how do you create time for people to take their learning and development seriously so that they've got that resource of, of, of training? Because we're busy, we're growing, we're like a lot of businesses. How, how do you carve that time out for people? 
I think you really have to carve the time out for people. And I think you almost, um, you need to create that culture where it's to make sure that it's okay for people to do that. Um, and the reason why I say you have to carve out the time is because personal growth is a another one of our neuroscience themes. I know I'm drifting again. No, but Clive, Clive, of... Clive Highland, I had a neuroscience. <laughs> that's okay, Gemma. So if Clive says it's okay, then it's definitely okay. Um, but personal growth is such a fundamental part of people's happiness and engagement at work. So that's why I think you have to carve out the time. You have to make it a priority because if you don't allow your people to grow and develop, then they aren't going to be able to give their role their all. They're not going to be performing at their best. You're not going to be, you know, they're not going to be fulfilling their potential with you. And then ultimately that could lead to them leaving the business and, and going elsewhere. So I think it's essential if you want to retain your talent that you've got and also to get the best out of them, to give them the biggest and best opportunity they can to grow and develop personally as well. Um, and I think then it's up to you as a business to, like I said, create that culture, create that time within the working week, within the working month, make it okay to set aside a couple of hours a week a day, a month, whatever the right frequency is for you. And um, there's some research out there about, you know, 5% of your time being the optimum amount of time to spend on learning and development um, and really making sure that you've got leaders in the business that are role modeling that behavior, that are endorsing that um, approach um, so that it really does, it really does recognize and also recognizing people's efforts, rewarding them for when they have taken the time to go and learn a new skill and to apply that back at work, um, seeing them progress, that, that's only going to then rub off on their colleagues as well who are seeing how, how much the business does value that approach to yeah. personal growth and development. I mean, hearing that stat back, from you gem five percent it doesn't it doesn't seem unachievable when you hear that so i think li listeners will really latch onto that number that that will start appearing in, in people's internal presentations um and also that role modeling role modeling aspect which you do really well across the business i think i just wanted to capture that um gemma in the happiness index we we talk about something called the quantum way don't we and we're always trying to make sure things are done in, in in a quantum way and we talk about energetic connections which is another a research area here in terms of giving people the resources they need in a quantum way do, do you ever firstly can you just give our listeners um and there is an episode on Gemma discussing the quantum way but if you which you can scroll back to could you just give our listeners a reminder of what the quantum way is and how that may feed into making sure your team have got the right resources to achieve yeah, so the quantum way is building an organization that is um, very agile in its approach. There's there's specifically nine principles related to that. Um, so it's making sure that the um, business is agile, it's self-organizing, like touch. Um, again, we've just been talking about personal growth. So embedded learning is another massive principle linked to that. Um, it's diverse. Um, it's built around trust, of course. So there's lots of overlaps here with the 
neuroscience themes. Um, and again, it's, I think, the point about um, it not being a one-size-fits-all approach and yeah. having people in communities and in teams where they are really playing to their strengths, they're playing to their passions. Um, yep. We're not trying to put round pegs in square holes. Um, yep. And so I think that fundamental um, approach to organising a business in that way does help making to make sure that people have got the resources to succeed because we aren't putting them in environments that is setting them up to fail. We want yep. them to be in a place that is you know is is something that we want them to be doing roles that they're good at that they're interested in and um, that's going to stretch them um and we're not trying to sort of um shoehorn them into other areas just because we you know may have a gap or a function there that needs fulfilling yeah so true and you, you mentioned embedded learning as one of our sort of quantum principles can you can you just sort of bring that to life to us what would be an example of of, of embedded learning in an organization would you say Gemma um, well, I think I think you know using the example we just spoke about before with using five percent of your time, and you know if you had a structure in place where um, you know Thursday afternoons were your um, personal growth time, um, that could um, that would be where people are working on their. Um, we maybe maybe I should bring to life a project that we're doing at the Happiness Index. Yes, it might please. Be so on our momentum maps we encourage everybody to have a project blossom um, and that is all around personal growth so we are working on a structure where we can use a time in the week or give options of different times in the week where people have dedicated space available in their calendar to work on their project blossoms um, we're also creating um, knowledge bud sessions throughout the year as well. We've just started those. And um, so they're very similar to a lunch and learn sort of style um, approach. And um, so having those on a range of different subjects, it's not just about role specific um, areas or technical skills or that kind of thing, a really holistic approach to learning and to growing um, having a range of different subjects a range of different means available we've got also got mindfulness sessions that run regularly every week as well um, and i think again back to the role modeling aspect we have lots of senior people and leaders in the business who attend lots of different um formal and informal learning um, settings they bring that back to the rest of our team share their knowledge share what they've learned and they show that it's been a real investment and real value in taking the time out to go and do those kind of things our sort of test and learn approach at the happiness index and and you know not kind of blaming people for doing something and it may be going wrong but rather learning from it and yep. putting things in place to make sure that maybe that doesn't happen again if it was something really bad um, and yeah. so really sort of having that approach and that culture and that role modeling from everybody in the business yeah i like and and i suppose what also what you've touched on there is the importance of storytelling and journey in in this conversation because you could have called it the sort of like personal learning development program um, but you've called it Project Blossom because it creates that picture in someone's head that this is about them blossoming 
in their yeah. career with us for their future opportunities and, and so on. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to touch on that very quickly. In terms of last question, Gemma, this is my new favourite question that I've got um, for you. I suppose... Oh. I suppose it's gonna I suppose it's gonna test whether you're doing project blossom for yourself because like a lot of HR people do, they they forget to put their own oxygen mask on first and they're always worried about everyone else. But so I'll I'll ask it to, in two parts, which gives you time to think about the second part. Um what have you learned recently where you thought, oh wow, that's that's an interesting way of looking at things from a people perspective? And secondly, I'd love to know what you're going to be doing for yourself in Project Blossom next year. If we move forward, like what what will you be thinking about? What areas are you developing on? So first bit, what did you sort of read or see or hear? Or I know you went to an event um, recently with Laura. Like anything that just sort of sticks out in your mind, Gemma, that you thought, wow, that's that's an interesting perspective. Um, well, I think the the event that myself and Laura my colleague went to recently was definitely very helpful um, and it was um, quite centered around sort of updates and employment law so kind of topical um, um, uh, sessions around cost of living and all that kind of stuff so it was all very relevant very up to date and you do you do learn lots from those events and from the various different speakers um, I'd say one thing that stuck out from that event to both Laura and I actually was about there was a lot of chat about getting buy-in from the board or from your senior leadership team for all of these initiatives that you want to put in place um, and we was just felt very lucky and very fortunate that that wasn't um, a conversation that she and I need to have and that yep. everybody not just the founders but everybody at the happiness index is very bought into our people approach our people first approach um, but I think actually more on a day-to-day -day basis working with someone like Laura who is um, you know just new I'd say to her people career and her journey in her people career um, and from fresh being fresh out of uni and fresh out of studies hearing her um that what she brings to yeah. us and to the team and her you know how she can draw on what she's learned from her studies and how she applies that in work that's the kind of I really like learning in that way and learning from other yeah. people's experience and their viewpoints um so I'd say it within the last six months that learning from from my colleague has probably been the, the 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 biggest thing for me recently yeah and i think that's that's just a really good point on diversity again isn't it which is if if me you and laura meet up as a team me and you have worked together for over 10 years laura and i have only worked together for a year and same with you so the diversity of someone fresh and new into your team whatever level of experience it happens to be that laura is has very low work experience but she brings something a completely new perspective to, to the yeah. team so just wanted to call that out in terms of moving forward next 12 months Gemma, what's on your project blossom um well being the time of year that it is that's obviously on on our minds and the planning hasn't actually got into full swing yet so that's definitely job number one for the new year and for January but um, there definitely is a project blossom um, project on the momentum map 
I think it's going to be um, centered around some probably some formal learning for me so haven't done that for a very long time um, yep. so I'll be taking a look at some of the CIPD courses and what they have to offer and what they're um, what they've got going on next year I think and try yep. and get involved with some of that. Brilliant and last question how do you want our employees to feel next year our quackers? Uh, well I want them to feel happy for sure um, I I want them to feel um, um, I want, I'm trying to think of what the I don't want them to feel I'll tell you what I don't want them to feel I don't want them to yep. be overwhelmed I don't want them to be stressed um, I want them to have a, a manageable workload um, that they are really passionate about that they're getting joy from that they find their work meaningful um, so there's I know there's lots in there. You probably want to just shorten that. No, <laughs> that's no, Gemma. That is brilliant, and that's why I love working with you. So I have nothing else to say other than I love working with you. It's been a pleasure to actually. It's been funny to interview you actually because we obviously just chat all the time. But yeah, Gemma, thank you for sharing. Firstly, your experience in the people space, but also in the way that we do things at the Happiness Index. Every company is unique. We definitely do things in a slightly unique way, but. I think that's what makes us special. Um, and as we say, we don't get it all right all the time, but we do try hard every day. Um, yeah. So Gemma, thank you for your time and I will chat soon. Yep, speak soon. Thanks for having me.